Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believe in Betting, a Sports Garden Network production. We are your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports intelligence. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode. Believe in betting. I am Tom Barton for the Sports Garden Network. You guys want to get in touch with us, go check it out, sportsgarden.com. SGN, hashtag SGN on all the social media platforms. It is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. And we absolutely have a lot to talk about. Look, we have the NBA playoffs going on. We have the NHL playoffs going on. We had seven Game 7s last weekend. And my mind is on the NFL because the NFL puts their schedules out. And I want to get into that today. NFL opening day. Yeah, the schedules were released. So we have Week 1 odds out. Buffalo and the Rams are going to be the Thursday night game. That game is a pick in L.A. Baltimore will visit the New York Jets. Jets are plus 5 there. New Orleans at Atlanta. Atlanta is plus four and a half. Miami will be the home team against New England. New England's getting three points. Cleveland, Carolina, in Carolina, plus four and a half for the home team there. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Cincinnati's minus nearly a touchdown, minus six and a half at home. San Francisco at Chicago. The Bears, plus six and a half. Philly at Detroit. Detroit's plus four and a half. Indy at Houston. Houston's plus eight points. Jacksonville at Washington. Washington's minus three and a half at home. Kansas City, Arizona. Arizona's the three-point home underdog. Las Vegas at the Chargers. Minus three and a half for the Bolts. Green Bay, Minnesota. Minnesota plus two. Giants, Tennessee. Tennessee's minus six and a half. Tampa Bay at Dallas. Dallas plus two at home. Denver and Seattle closes out week one with Seattle a four-point underdog against Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. Yeah, guys, it it is interesting. Um, We are sitting back and talking about uh, the NFL, and I wanted to get into the week one lines and kind of what sticks out. There's a philosophy among sports bettors out there and sports handicappers out there, professionals and whatnot, that... If you jump on a line early, it's a great situation because you could get closing line value. And there's a lot of conversation in the business about CLV and closing line value and when you jump on. Um, I always say, look, my philosophy, and I've talked to you guys about this for years on all of these networks, everything I've always said is either get in really early or get in really late. I don't like that in between. So you're either jumping in and early on a number that you think is going to drastically change. You're jumping in on a number that you think, okay, well, you know what? That's not going to stay where it is. I better get the value early on. And you're reading the tea leaves and reading the public and betting against the number that you really think you're going for. Or you go out there and you bet really late. You wait for all of the injuries to come up. You wait for the final rosters to come down. You wait for kind of the ebbs and flows of spring training or summer camp and whatnot, you let that all sort of settle down, and then you go out there and you jump on that late. So I'm still there with futures plays with that, and I'm certainly there for week one in the NFL. When the numbers came out just a couple of days ago, there are some games that I went, okay, let's look at this. Let's see where this line's going to go. Let's see how much of an impact it's going to be. Can I jump on something early? If I don't jump on it early... I expect to be betting Sunday morning the day, well, Thursday for the Thursday night game, but Sunday morning the day of week one. That's where I expect to be betting. I'm not going to be betting any of these games in the middle of July. 
I'm not going to do that. I need to see all the information or boom, jumping on something where I'm pretty sure I'm going to understand the public. So that's my take on week one. It's a lot of fun to talk about. It's good to look down the road, but we're 110 plus days until the NFL season. There's a lot that can happen in 100 plus days. But if you believe fully that a line is going to change and a line is going to move because of what we're talking about, well, then jump on it early and jump on it when you need to. That is certainly the structure that you get to. Now, let's really kind of dig in here and see, can we find any of that? Can we find any of these situations where I do believe, hey, there might be some value. First of all, underdogs early on in every season always work out. Against the ATS, the last five years, underdogs early in the season, that's the first four weeks of the season, have covered and covered very big on opening day. Usually, underdogs cover big. So most of the time, the sports betting apps and the sports betting markets, they're going to make sure that week one is going to be as close as possible. In this week one of this schedule, only one line is basically a touchdown or more. There are 10 games with home underdogs. 10 games, guys. Okay? So there's a lot of intrigue. 10 games. We also have a situation here where there's nine week one games that are going to play in that 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern time slot on Sunday. So, you know, the red zone, they have their, their you know, their, let's go to the Octo Box, by the way. Great stuff, right? You got to love the Octo Box. Uh, not going to be enough. You're going to need, uh, I don't even know. What, what is nine? Is it a nine-o box, right? You're going to need an Octo Box plus one to get that done because you do have so many early games. With so many early games, you have a lot of opportunities. So let's go take a look. Well, we'll start with the Thursday night game here. The Thursday night game, Buffalo against the Rams. This is basically a pick Now, you can find it different places, by the way, over-unders set at 52. I've seen it at minus one here, a plus one there, but basically it's a pick game. And here we go. Look, this is the Super Bowl a lot of people believe that we were going to get. We thought, well, if Josh Allen would have gotten overtime, this is basically the Super Bowl that we certainly could have gotten. And most people believe that the Buffalo Bills are going to take the next step. The Buffalo Bills are tied right now for the lowest odds right now to go out there and win the Super Bowl. The Rams, well, here's the team. They are the defending champs. They went out. They spent a ton. They mortgaged their future. They went out. They got Stafford. They looked really good. And a lot of the guys are still coming back. When you include that Cam Akers, oh, by the way, was injured and he's going to have a full season under his belt this starts to kind of be a team that you go I think that they're a little undervalued and we talked about that in past shows where I think when you look at the Super Bowl odds they are a little bit undervalued but in week one in LA a pick game against Buffalo look my heart says that I think Buffalo comes to play and I definitely think that a lot of people are going to be on the over but I barely ever beat uh, bet the Thursday game because it's almost an unbeatable game it's a game where Look, this is a great matchup. It's a great TV matchup. That's most of the time, (laughs) it's a bad matchup to go out there and go bet on. So I'm not betting on that game at all. Now we go to Sunday and we go to the early games. Baltimore at the Jets. Here's a spot where I think that maybe you want to jump on this if you want to jump on this early. The New York Jets are only getting four and a half points. And I get that it's at home. But Baltimore is going to start to get 
camp buzz. Right around August 1st, you're going to start to hear the camp buzz. Because Baltimore had more injuries last year than anyone else in the last decade plus. They were a injury-riddled mess. Guys like J.K. Dobbins, guys like Edwards are coming back. They are a mess injury-wise. They were last year. Now they're getting healthy. As the health reports start coming out, oh, this guy's healthy and this is good. I expect this line to go up because people love betting against the Jets. And why not? I mean, people like to bet against the Jets. Look, they went 4-13 and last year, but they actually weren't terrible against the spread, depending on where you're looking. Uh, they, they won plus 2 against the spread, so they are a decent team. I think that this line could get up to 6. I think that if you want to bet Baltimore, you very potentially could bet it early, but here's the caveat. What if Dobbins isn't healthy? What if Edwards does look a little slowed? Now, all of a sudden, you made a bet and you're worried about that. Philadelphia, Detroit. Detroit's a three-and-a-half-point underdog. Total is 46. Look, the Lions were a fun team last year. They were surprising. Detroit went 11-6 and six against the spread, so they covered games because everybody thought they were going to be awful. Well, here's the game that I'm circling because the Philadelphia Eagles are now all of a sudden getting a lot of momentum. And the Detroit Lions are still the Detroit Lions. You're getting the A.J. Brown conversation. And Brown, you're going to watch Brown in camp and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. You're going to watch all this going out there. And then you're going to start to see Jalen Hurts getting a lot. And when people start picking their fantasy teams, Wow, Jalen, oh, look at all the weapons. I expect this line to certainly go up. I know Detroit's at home, and they do have some weapons, right? They drafted Jamison Williams. DJ Chark comes over. They do have more weapons than they have last year, but they're still the Detroit Lions, and in people's minds, in the public's minds, they're the Lions. Philadelphia might be a Super Bowl contender. This line is not going to stay at three and a half. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. We look at this, and I go, Cincinnati should be about a six and a half point favorite. It's against a rookie quarterback, but I don't know. I mean, Pittsburgh is still Pittsburgh. They still have Mike Tomlin, who just doesn't lose. They still have a running game. They still have that dynamic, absolutely fantastic defense. And maybe it's going to be Mitch Trubisky out there. I actually expect that. I think Cincinnati is in play for the the, the tumble, the fumble here. Um, maybe, I don't want to say not making the playoffs, but it wouldn't shock me if they don't make the playoffs this year. So I look at six and a half, and if I'm Pittsburgh, I'm praying I could find a seven out there. Uh, because I think that that could be a little bit rich. New Orleans, Atlanta, New Orleans minus four. Atlanta at home getting four points, getting more than a field goal. The over-under set at 42. Well, this isn't your old New Orleans Drew Brees against Matt Ryan and fling it all over the field. They both have new quarterbacks. They both have new uh, situations. They have both have new tenures, right? There's no Sean Payton there. There's no Drew Brees. There's no Matt Ryan. This is one of those I would stay very far away from. Just very far away from. I don't know what's coming in here. I don't know the coaches. I don't know the quarterbacks. Not today. Absolutely not. Jacksonville, Washington. Jaguars are getting only three and a half points. Now, they are on the road, so I kind of expected a little bit more, but I think that people are understanding, look, Washington is not that good. Now, Carson Wentz gets a lot more heat than he probably should. By the way, the over-under is 44 and a half here. People are expecting a defensive battle. Jacksonville's defense isn't very good, and I think we're going to know very early on, probably during this game, if Urban Meyer was such a detriment to Trevor Lawrence or if Trevor Lawrence is going to take that next step up or is he going to be kind of a, a questionable quarterback? I think we're going to know right away. But one thing with Jacksonville, I'm waiting for a lot of these injury reports. James Robinson went down last year, and usually that's a, a big-time injury that takes a long time to kind of recover for. Travis Etienne is going to step in. He's coming back from an injury as well. When those camp reports start coming out that they're looking explosive or they're looking good or they're not looking good, this should shift this line as well. San Francisco, Chicago, Bears 6.5-point underdog at home. Well, for San Francisco, who's starting this game? 
right? And you say the same thing about the over-under that's sitting at 42.5. Who's starting this game? Bears have a new head coach. We know that, right? And we know Justin Fields is going to be in there. We know that they've scaled back their roster. They got rid of a team leader in Khalil Mack. They still have Roquan Smith on the defensive side. Uh, they still have Jalen Johnson on the defensive side. But overall, this is going to be about Justin Fields and the development of him. But with San Francisco, it all comes down to who is going to start. It's either going to be Jimmy G, which you feel comfortable. You know what you're going to get out of Garoppolo. You know what what's going to be. He's healing from off-season shoulder surgery, though. Again, we're going to be looking at the reports of him. And then Trey Lance, who there's rumblings that San Francisco internally do not feel comfortable with Trey Lance, and that's why they won't trade Jimmy Garoppolo, because they don't think he's ready for the big time. There's also the Samuel news. You know, he's unhappy. Do Does he maybe get traded. Maybe he holds out. I don't think you could bet this game at all. With Jimmy G's shoulder problems, with Trey Lance, and we don't know about him, with Debo, and maybe he doesn't play, maybe he holds out. You can't bet this game at all. Indianapolis, Houston, spreads a pick em right now, and Houston is a team that you look at and you go, you know, wait, why is this this number? Oh, well, there's a lot of question marks, and there's a lot of question marks. If you look on the money line, it's going to eventually be, because this game was kind of pulled off the board as a, as a quote-unquote pick em. Indianapolis is going to be about three-point favorite, like I said uh, in my last segment. It's going to be around there. Matt Ryan comes in. I think Matt Ryan is better than Carson Wentz, but I don't know if Matt Ryan gives this team kind of that oomph and that, that edge. They're still going to run the ball. They're still going to do that. Now, the Texans over here, okay, they got Lovey Smith as their new head coach. You know he can coach some defense. They lose to Sean Watson, but Davis Mills looked good last season, and I expect this line to go up. You're going here with the Indianapolis Colts. I think this gets to a touchdown or more. I really do. I think this, this kind of skyrocket. So if you can get I know certain books out there are doing certain things. If you can get Houston for anything less than a touchdown, it might be worth it. Look, it's in Houston. It's a new quarterback for Indy. It's a new defensive coordinator for Indy. I kind of like the points there. New England, Miami. Miami's a three-point favorite, three-and-a-half when you go out there and search. And you look at this New England team. All right. I thought they were making good growth spurts last year. I like their running back situation. I like their defense. Who doesn't like their defense? A lot of the questions are going to be on Mac Jones. Same thing with Miami Dolphins. Two is going to be the question. Sure, you can bring in Tyreek Hill, but we all saw the video of the fluttering pass to Tyreek. No one's giving the Miami Dolphins a lot of credit. But look at Miami. They are a three-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Now, you could say that they always give the New England Patriots trouble down in Miami. They do. And the Miami Dolphins are one of the best home teams in the history, the best home team in the history of the sport at week one. We get that. But you still are giving Bill Belichick time to prepare here. You're still giving Bill Belichick an entire offseason. Um, the Patriots also have new quarterback combo, Mac Jones, to Devontae Parker, who, oh, by the way, used to play for Miami. I'm shocked that Bill's getting three and a half here. I think that this is going to settle more at three, maybe even two and a half by the time this goes off. Cleveland and the Panthers, one of the more interesting lines that you just cannot bet. It's four and a half in favor of Cleveland on the road. 43 is the over-under. I don't know if Deshaun's playing. They paid him $200 million. He's the future of their team. We get that. But we don't know if he's playing. So you can't do that. Now, Sam Darnold is going to be the starter for Carolina. But I don't know. if What if Matt Carroll comes out and has a great situation. What what if maybe Baker Mayfield winds up on their team? Quarterback controversies that are sitting here in May. You cannot bet this game. Not here in May. No way. Going to the four o'clock games, Green Bay and Minnesota. Well, we know Green Bay lost a big weapon and a big toy. They are still one and a half point favorites on the road in the division rivalry. 49 is the over-under. We look at this again. Aaron Rodgers, MVP. He's probably going to put up another MVP type season, but he did lose Devontae Adams. We understand that. 
This is now transitioning into a running game anyway with Jones and Dillon. What I think people are forgetting is that Minnesota was missing two of their interior linemen last year. This is still Dalvin Cook's team. He's going to run it a lot. Jefferson's still there. Kirk Cousins is still there. This is still a situation where the Green Bay Packers, Matt LaFleur has won 39 of his last 49 starts as head coach. The guy wins in the regular season, but Minnesota is at home in a divisional rivalry game plus points. That's a a sports better's dream most of the time. Giants, Tennessee. Giants are getting nearly a touchdown, six and a half, maybe seven where you're looking. Over-under is 44. Tennessee, they're missing A.J. Brown. There's a shakeup with Tannehill. He doesn't want to help anybody out. They're still a defensive team. This one should be real low scoring. I think 44 is the number that you're looking at if you want to jump on that. As the year develops and as we start to hear conversations about, well, the Giants' defense looks really good and all of a sudden the Giants' D is, is revamped, I think that this line might go down and we might sit there at about a 42 Raiders, Chargers, Raiders are getting four points on the road. 51 and a half is there. Like I just said, I mentioned defense. Herbert's going to be the conversation. Eckler's going to be the conversation. Williams is going to be the conversation. Allen's going to be the conversation. But the real conversation should be the idea that Khalil Mack is going to pair with Bosa and Derwin James. I think the Chargers' defense is going to be phenomenal this year. The Raiders, they had a good year. They had an interim head coach. They had all kinds of problems. Guys are getting thrown off their team. All sorts of stuff are going on. They added Chandler Jones to this team. They added Bilal Nichols to this team. They added Demarcus Robinson to this team. Getting no respect here. Getting four points. Kansas City, Arizona. Arizona's a three-point underdog at home. Over-unders 53. Patrick Mahomes lost Tyreek Hill. Okay? And he is more than just a player. They're trying to replace him with Marquez Valdez-Scanling and Juju Smith-Schuster. On paper, they can do certain things, and I think they'll be okay. But they're not Tyreek who changes the defense and changes everything that they imagine. The Arizona Cardinals, well, Kyler Murray was unhappy this offseason. Oh, he, he, he pulled the millennial move. Pull everybody off Twitter. Oh, yeah, I'm not following you anymore. They were They were that team last year. But what happened? Well... You know, Hopkins got suspended for six games. Maybe they knew, maybe they didn't, but they made a trade for Brown, who is Kyler Murray's friend. I think Arizona's offense is still going to be pretty good. I think that they did lose some with Chase Edmonds, of course. They did lose Chandler Jones as well. And those losses might not be as record-breaking and, oh my goodness, and eye-popping as Tyreek Hill losing Kansas, leaving Kansas City, but I think they are impactful. Plus, I think because Tyreek Hill goes, I think Patrick Mahomes kind of wants to show, look, I am better than what they are. By the way, the Chiefs, they were terrible last year against the spread. Absolutely terrible. Uh, four and 15 against the spread the last 19 games. That is not a good look. Here's a situation where you got to look, what are they from last year? Well, it's only three points, but it is three points on the road. And then finally on that Sunday night, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Tampa Bay's two and a half point favorite. Tom Brady, his retirement lasted about 40 days. Dallas is at home. Look, Dallas lost a lot. We're going to talk about Tampa Bay and we're going to talk about what they lost, but they are bringing back Fournette. I know that Chris Godwin's coming back from an injury, but they are bringing back a healthy Evans. Gronk, we don't know. We think so, but Tom Brady's coming back. That defense is coming back with Lamont David and White in the middle. They are bringing back a ton of what they used to succeed. Dallas, they lost a lot. They lost a lot of receivers and Cooper. They lost a, a lot of offensive, I guess, flow. And you got Ezekiel Elliott that has just looked terrible recently. But Dallas had the best record against the NFL um, in the NFL against the spread last year, 13-5 and when you include the playoffs. That's pretty interesting. The Bucs, they're always seemingly overvalued. This is a good line to jump on the Bucs under three because they will be the public favorite. Monday, Monday Night Football, last game, Denver, Seattle, 
And here it is. It's Russell Wilson going back home, going back to Seattle. And Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos will be four-point favorites over-under sitting there at 41.5. We know prime time you don't bet against Seattle. You don't bet against Seattle at home. No way. And you certainly don't bet against Seattle at home in prime time. But where I said the word Seattle, couldn't you just replace that with Russell Wilson and say you don't bet against Russell Wilson at home? You don't bet against Russell Wilson in primetime. Uh, yeah, look, this is going to be a massively hyped game. It really is. And Nathaniel Hackett taking over for Vince Faggio. We know Denver is going to be that that hot team. Everyone's going to be on top of him. If you like Seattle, wait on this. Wait on this game. This is not saying as a four line. It wouldn't shock me if this gets to a touchdown. I think everyone is going to be all over Denver. You're going to start to see that Denver hype really, really pushing up over the course of the season. This is one of those spots where if you like Denver, you may as well jump on them now because you are flat out not going to get a better number than this. Everyone is down on Seattle. I'm down on Seattle. I think Seattle might have the worst record in the league. And the number is just going to go up as we continue to see the season go on. All right, guys. I know looking at week one lines in the NFL is a little crazy to some. But look, if we can find some value, grab some value now. And I'll tell you, we're only about 110 days away from opening day in the NFL. We are in the middle of the NHL, in the middle of the NBA playoffs. Major League Baseball is going on. Enjoy all of that, guys. But I do want to get out in front and tell you, hey, look, we got a little NFL going on. We got some NFL lines. So I wanted to have a little fun with that. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. We will be back next week. You can bet on that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.